Hey, strangers, welcome back to the Strange Sessions. This is the morning edition. It's really early in the morning. I am. It's 8.30. (laughs) It's weird to be here this early because we're used to being here at like 4.30. Make it sound like it's 3.30 in the morning or something. As always, I am Kurt, and I am joined once again by my co-host, my Huckleberry, Krista. (laughs) Dear Finn, what? (laughs) No, Huckleberry. Isn't that from... uh, Isn't that from... What's that Western movie? Oh, With Kurt Russell. You got me. Kurt Russell. All I can think of is Unforgiven, and it's not Unforgiven, where he says, I'm your Huckleberry. I have no idea. What's the Kurt Russell listeners? <laughs> what is Help us. Tombstone. Intern. Tombstone. Oh, and I've actually seen Tombstone. I've never seen Tombstone, ago. but it's I know a it's great famous movie. for the scene where he says, I'm your Huckleberry or something. So, Krista, okay. you're my I'm Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. Sweet. You are my Huckleberry. It's better than Dingleberry. <laughs> It's much better than Dingleberry. <laughs> I was going to save that for the next time that oh, I have to do an intro, but ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> you have to go home and cross that off your whiteboard. Yep. Cross that off. I got a whiteboard at home with all like a flow chart. What I'm going to say. Oh my god. <laughs> do you feel any different recording in the morning? It's a little weird. I think so. This is a holiday week. It's Memorial Day week, and all day yesterday I thought it was Monday. Yeah. So, and we're usually here at like. Four thirty, five o'clock. So yeah, it, it is a little. It's messing me up just a I f- little. Bit. I feel like I'm a little more wide awake and. Yeah, you're getting our A game. We told you. Yeah, you you're getting you're, our A game. Not necessarily this episode, but over the course, it'll average out to an yeah. A. Yeah, it's on a curve. Like seventy percent A. <laughs> but I feel sure. like more awake and. Yeah. And there's nobody at the school. Nobody at the school, so, so it's, it's quiet. quiet. We still have the whole day after this yeah it's pretty awesome but uh one nice thing about this is that we can actually start recording some backup episodes for yeah. when it snows and totally when we just one of us is sick or we just don't feel like it mm-hmm. we'll have backup episodes we just don't feel like just don't it. feel like it <laughs> but we want to give shout outs to our newest strangers and those are ashley palmer molly smith danielle danielle goulet i believe it's goulet danielle goulet and as of this morning richard sapenza so thank you guys so much for joining the strangers. We're at 196 members. Ooh, we're close. I know we're closing in on 200. Hey, if you're the 200th stranger, you might get a little something, something. A little something, something. Yeah. I, I'm talking about a sticker. Okay. <laughs> that depends. Let's not it depends. Get, we'll it's talk. too vague. That's way we'll too vague. <laughs> Do we have uh, any housekeeping that you can think of? Can I ever think of housekeeping? <laughs> I have no idea. Not really, a lot of people seem to like the last episode, and I was worried about that. With I haven't the, listened to it yet. With the, uh, I think I I was traumatized <laughs> by your topic that I'm like I'm just not gonna listen. A lot of to people. It. I don't remember who it was. Somebody on the uh, posted in the strangers like, wow, that was dark. Yeah, you know? and it's it was. Like, it was a dark episode, but I feel like it was kind of an important one. Yeah, Sherry Myers, uh, she was the one we played her voicemail last time. Yeah, she said that she actually felt like it was necessary oh yeah yeah because it's it's scary how Mm -hmm. that how it can happen you know so a lot of people seem to like that uh i can't think of any other housekeeping do we want to remind people that our 50th episode is coming up soon yes and we want stories yeah but we'll we'll hit you up hardcore for those in like an episode or two i just want to remind people to start thinking yeah, about so it, start though. thinking if you have any stories and it's not just stories i mean this is our 50th episode yeah just give so us a if shout you wanna out just send a babbling email about your life or if you just want to <laughs> say congratulations we'll read guys, it on the air <laughs> if you want to call our number and just say congratulations or anything i mean this doesn't have to be a story we prefer a story 
but it can be anything. Yeah. You guys can just call or send us a message. And like I said, there may be a contest involved with it. We'll give so. you our deets at the end of the... Oh, should we talk about the new stranger who... It was super cute. Yeah, because we, we, we ask... Yeah, two before questions. Before you could join the group, we asked two questions. And those are, what What's was your, your favorite, favorite topic? Mm-hmm. And what do Krista and I say at the end of every episode? And it's supposed to be stay strange. And this person said the, the deets, deets. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is accurate. It was accurate because I'm first. I'm like, what is she talking about? It's like, oh, she's, I do say she's actually right. It is the deets. I think every episode I said you want to give him our deets. So yeah. t- technically, she was correct. Had a lot of people in the last week join that didn't answer the questions. Mm-hmm. So you don't answer the questions. If you don't answer the questions, I sometimes creep you on your I creep on your profile. And if you yeah. seem legit, I'll add you. But if you don't seem legit, no. If you have like two friends and you belong to 700 groups, yeah. we're probably <laughs> not going to approve you. No. You're probably exactly. just going to spam us with a bunch of advertising. Yeah, and that so, came up this week. I sent yes, you that. 100%. Yeah. So, cool. Other housekeeping? No, that's the only thing I could think of. Hey, I, I came up with housekeeping, so that's something. I'm sure there's something that'll pop in our head as soon as we're done with the episode. Yes. Then we can go in and edit it in <laughs> like really badly. In like a robot voice. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's it. So I think we are on to today's taste test. Ooh, I'm a little scared. Is Dash's Hot Sauce. Our faithful and loyal listener Dash sent us his hot sauce to try. And the way this thing is packaged up, he I packaged, might not ever get it open. He the hell out of it. I was worried when I first oh, got this the, isn't bad. Look at when I first got the envelope. It's like, is, is this going to be broken? But he's got this thing wrapped up. Like, oh yeah, ready. I'm starting the unwrapping process because wow, it might it. take me a while. You're doing really good too. Oh. <laughs> all right, I got the tape covered. Let's see. No, it's all oh, easy peasy look at, from is there. Is it like? I, I do so much grunting. It's ridiculous. Ooh. Wow. Oh, my God. I almost dropped it. <laughs> Look at this. That's really cool. I'm going to take a picture. I'm a little bit I love bit the way scared. he packaged it. I yeah. seriously love the way he wrapped it up. So I like spicy, but hot sauce has never been a thing for me. Like, I'm not somebody. I think this is the blueberry one. I think he asked us which one we wanted, and I said the blueberry. I can't get it to focus. There we go. Um, I'm not somebody who grabs hot sauce and is like, let me put this on my food. Like, I don't even know what to do with it. I'm not into wings. We'll put a couple droppers on our, we've got a old Dutch restaurant style tortilla chips. This is cool. Just chug it. Do a shot. (laughs) Chug, chug. So it's got like a a dropper? Yeah, it's like a dropper. Except I can't get it open. Which kind of scares me because if you need to measure by by the drop. I'm going to smell it. Oh, it smells spicy, <laughs> but it smells good. I'm. Should we get plates? Sure. I'll grab plates. Oh, that smells. It smells good. It smells good spicy. I'm. A, I don't like spicy, but if I know it's coming and it doesn't ambush me, I'll be cool. I'll be fine with it. No, I won't be offended. I won't be whiny. Maybe a little whiny, depending on how hot it is. All right. Should I dole out some chips? Dole out some chips. This is breakfast. This is breakfast. Actually, McDonald's was breakfast. Mm, what you get at for breakfast. Egg sausage and cheese McGriddle. You ready? I had Greek yogurt. This is Food Corner with Krista and Kurt. <laughs> breakfast banter. <laughs> breakfast Krista banter. Kurt. Oh, okay. You gonna put it right on your chip? Yep. 
Okay. I've got my water. Although water's not good for spicy. You need a casein of some type probably. Dairy works really well. I believe the casein binds to the spiciness. And that's what takes the spiciness away. This is like a science thing. Like we got like this little dropper. I know it is. It's kind of like a science experiment. uh, I feel very... uh, Technical. We usually won't take stuff that people make and yeah. send us. There could be cyanide in that. <laughs> we totally know and love Dash. Here you go. And basically everyone knows he gave it to us. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if we die, yeah. they're coming for you, Dash. Yeah, exactly. It does have a blueberry-y look to it. Is that a word? Blueberry-ish. This dropper's kind of weird, though. Were you able to get... Yeah. You had to squeeze it and let it sit in there for a little bit to suck it up. I'm just going to do this. There. Oh, I'm a little scared. Putting my big girl pants on, though. Did you take that much? Let me see. Hold on. Eh? Pretty much. Okay. This one chip I have has that much on there. Okay. I should. Oh, I should take a picture of my chip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd my phone go? It's right in front of my face. Okay. You ready? Um. <laughs> let me, let me psych <laughs> wow, myself you're up. Really psyching yourself up. I okay. am ready. Let's do it. Okay, go. Mmm, there's berry. It's spicy. It's like a tip of your tongue kind of spicy. Wow. Mmm. It is very spicy, but mm-hmm. it's... Whoa, it's very spicy. It's really spicy, but... <laughs> what's... Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's really... Sp- <laughs> it is really spicy, but what I like Ooh. is that the berry, like, stays. Like, the berry flavor stays. Mm-hmm. It's not overpowered by the heat. Right. Sometimes some stuff is so spicy you can't taste anything. It's actually, I'm not a hot. I'm not a hot sauce guy, and it's really spicy. Yeah. But it's good. It is good. One. I haven't had a drink yet, so mm. that's really good. Mm-hmm. I love that the berry is there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. But it's not like overly sweet. No, it's not overly sweet. But it's got that berry flavor that stays, and that's what's impressive. That impresses me is that it's not overtaken by the right. We should have brought milk. <laughs> I thought about stopping it at the gas really station. Really spicy though. Yeah. I feel like I have to eat all these chips now because I don't want to waste the dash. That is really good. Yeah, thank you, Dash. I am not. Wow. I am not a hot sauce guy, but my mouth is on fire though. I'm I'm surprisingly doing okay. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it's got a slow build. Oh this, boy. I could totally see putting this on like nachos or something. I think it would be, if you're in the hot sauce, I could see uh, wings. Yeah, and I'm not a wing person, so I would need to find another way to use it. But My nose is actually running. <laughs> yeah, wow. Ooh. It's like a, it's moved beyond the tip of the tongue and it's the whole mouth at this point. But I haven't had a drink yet. I'm su- I'm surprised. Oh, now it's starting to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and we just keep eating. That's the thing but about I love spice, that, though. I, I love that there's the berry. The, you can taste the berry mm-hmm. the whole time, so it's not... <clears throat> I have to say it's actually really pretty, too. The color is really pretty. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about spicy food. It's almost addicting. Like, when you just kind of keep going back for more. When you make really hot sauce, it's really easy just to have it taste like nothing but hot. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't. So this, I'm impressed. I like that it's not your standard, like, no, orange. No. 
tomato based or whatever that usually is like I but said, holy not- cow that's hot what kind of pepper i should ask him what kind of peppers are in there i don't know but this is gonna be a crazy bite i gotta taste some of this off of here i feel like my tongue is swelling up <laughs> <laughs> oh god does it have like pecans pecans <laughs> no, there's no pecans in there. that'd be weird my i am snotty <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay people are probably totally sick of hearing us chew wow one to ten um as far <laughs> as far i'm not a hot sauce guy but as far as hot sauces i've tried i'd give this a nine it's really good sorry i was drinking some water <laughs> oh my nose is running now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not crying yet so that's okay yeah i give it a nine i'm not it a hot really sauce good. person too but i find spiciness a little infectious and it's got that. I yeah. keep kind of want to going back for more. Wow, it's really hot. Though. I know. Even though it hurts, I kind of want more. So, Dash, you did good. Yeah. It's very good. Thank you for sending that to us. Wow, I can't have any more, though. My I'm tongue impressed. is on fire. Yeah, my tongue hurts. <laughs> I might have to eat a chip without sauce. I don't think that's going to help me. But The coffee helped, actually. Hmm. Oh, no, it didn't. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> is there a creamer in your coffee? No. We could do some creamer shots. No. <laughs> do some shots of creamer. Except that it's probably non-dairy. Nope. I am good. Wow. My tongue is on fire. Holy moly. Like if that was just... <laughs> I need to blow my nose. If that was just... If they didn't have like the berry, I don't know if I would have liked it as much because then it would have been just a really hot hot sauce. Right. But Are you going to take this home? Sure. Okay. My brother might actually want to try it. Corey might want to try it. My husband's coworkers are really into wings. They go to Legend Larry's all the time, and they get the hottest thing on the menu. I bet they'd be into that. Wow. I end up getting in my eye. <coughs> <laughs> Don't do that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> wow. My dog is on fire. Should we try something from that little box of candy? Sure. (laughs) We have time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are there milk duds in there? (laughs) Okay, this is is from the box that Liz sent us. Okay. So this is just miscellaneous candy. Is this Japanese stuff or just miscellaneous candy? Okay. (laughs) My tongue really hurts. I know. It's so fiery. (laughs) I keep drinking water because in the moment, the water makes it feel better. Okay. Take one or two things out. What do you think that is? Uh, we looked at that when Sophie was here. When Sophie and Adam were here, we pulled that out. Huh. We're going to try it. It's like a weird little... Maybe it's dairy of some kind. Ooh, one of these things? Yeah. Okay. It's probably spicy. <laughs> probably. Well, what do we do with this? I don't know. Okay, let me take a picture of it first. It's probably extra spicy milk. It looks like yogurt or something. I'm going to open it. It has no smell. What if it's not food? It's got to be food, right? I don't know. It's like a weird little container of what looks like marshmallow. If we got spoons, put. do we have like plastics? It has no smell. I think there's a knife would be better. Actually. Let me see the cap or the cover. <laughs> Are we about to eat ham? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's got a picture of an elephant on it. <laughs> We're eating hand lotion. Oh, it's like 
kind of hard too. It's not. No idea what this is. It has no smell. Hmm. Mystery. My tongue's getting better. Minus two. What do you think it is? I'm looking. I'm doing anything? a Google search for the the picture of it. I wonder if I can use Google Translate. It does look kind of marshmallowy, but. I'll try it first. I'm disconcerted I'm, by the fact that it has no fl- smell. All the stuff that is in here is candy. Okay. So it's got to be sweet. Did you get a picture? It's probably glue. <laughs> it looks like glue or something like that. It kind of does. Or Did you get a picture of it on frosting? the floor? No, I'm going to do that now. Okay. On my knife? Yeah. I couldn't remember the implement's name. <laughs> like, it literally has no smell. And no. it's in this plastic, weird plastic little container. Wait, wait, wait. There's a word on the container. It's like really hard to see. It's like embossed. Moyo. Moyoko. <laughs> That's super helpful. <laughs> I think it's M-O-Y-O-C-C-O. Let me do a search. Okay. No, I got nothing. So I'll try it first. I'll let you know. Okay. God, I hope there's no nuts in there. Does it taste like anything? I don't. <laughs> the look on your face is so. Okay, I'm going to try a little bite. I'm not 100% sure we were supposed hmm. to eat this. No, it's sweet. Take a bigger bite. It's got like granulated sugar. Yeah. It's kind of fruity. Yeah. It's weird though. Like what is the purpose of it? Maybe it's like a exfoliator for your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely got like a like a weird fruity note to it. No, I'm good. <laughs> it has the mouth feel of like like paste, like Elmer's paste. When it's I was like, a kid, I used to it eat Elmer's paste. It leaves a film paste. behind. Yeah. When kind of a like kid. a coconut milk or something would do. Yeah. It's, Weird. It, it has a consistency of Elmer's paste with like granules in it. <laughs> Sugar in it. Alrighty then. Um, I'm, I'm giving give, this one a question it, mark. I'm going <laughs> to give it a four. I mean, I don't. <clears throat> I'm giving it a two. Because I assume it's edible, but I'm not really sure what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah, as we do the rest of the podcast from the bathroom. <laughs> it has like an indiscernible flavor and texture about it's it. It's weird. I'm just I'm not just gonna, sure. <laughs> All I can say is that it's weird. Like, what are you supposed to do? Did you spread that on something? Like, I don't would know. you spread that on a graham cracker or something or a cookie? I wouldn't. <laughs> You'd maybe caulk some windows with it. <laughs> I, it looks It's like window caulk. <laughs> All right. And now we'll try this. Let uh, me take a picture. I don't know what that is. Well, it reminds me of that corn-flavored cylindrical thing. I don't like this thing that we just ate. Yeah, it's weird. Like, who knows what that was? Huh. Am I opening this? I guess so. Okay. Ooh, uh-oh. I hope this isn't spicy. It looks like on the front, like it's spicy because oh, it, it has does the look color spicy. of spice to it. Oh, it does. Lord. It looks like barbecue flavored something. Hold on. It looks like a ginormous Cheeto. But look at the front. It looks like somebody like holding it, like saying it's spicy, or they're they have Mouth some might be on fire. Oh yeah, I think it's definitely gonna be spicy. I'm just taking a little bit bite. Think not bite. I'm not gonna bite into it. Hmm, weird. Oh boy, here we go. I'm going to take a picture. So, 
You thought you were listening to a taste test, <laughs> but what really happened is a glitch, and the my computer uh, program Audacity just stopped recording. We think it might have been due to updates happening in the background. That's one thing that I hate about this Windows mm-hmm. is that it you can't shut off updates. Right. I mean, it you just can. Happens. You can by setting it to a metered connection, but. When you to go to connect to another Wi-Fi signal, it's going to download them. Right. And then... Because your computer was being weird at the start. It was already being it like was. really slow. Yeah. So but anyway... You, you guys missed out on that we last... We enjoyed it. Test. It was good. It was... Uh, <laughs> it it was, was like a giant Cheeto. It was like a giant Cheeto and it was like... Barbecue sugar. flavor? It had like barbecue, sweet like barbecue. a sweet barbecue. And... It was not spicy. Krista wasn't happy because she'd sensed fish that there was some kind of... <laughs> I thought of, there was a fishy undertaste. Like a fishy undertaste, but it was good. I gave it a nine. I really liked it. I gave it a seven. Yeah. And our tongues are no longer on fire. No, we are good now. We sat <laughs> here for a while. All right. So I think on to our main topic which is reincarnation and children okay or just generally reincarnation is there near death too or no No. okay so just reincarnation it's basically just reincarnation so i love this topic without i this is one that i wasn't really into and then once i started researching it it's like wow there's a lot of weird crap about this you know so without any further ado here is our main story Renowned scientist Carl Sagan once stated that, quote, there are three claims in the parapsychology field which, in my opinion, deserve serious study, with one being that young children sometimes report details of a previous life, which upon checking turn out to be accurate and which they could not have known about in any other way than reincarnation. So Carl Sagan even is like, this is is something. Yeah. Yeah. Reincarnation, also known as transmigration, is the concept that the soul, or some aspect of the soul, can be reborn into a new body and a new life. The word reincarnation derives from Latin and literally means entering the flesh again. At least 25% of the world's population believes in reincarnation, making it one of the most widely held spiritual beliefs. I didn't realize that that many people... Well, it is a... What religion like, is I it? I don't. I don't believe in reincarnation. And I'm on the fence. It's it, it's kind of like a Catholic thing. Like we'll get into that real shortly. Catholics don't believe in reincarnation. No, no. Oh, I was gonna say, I definitely was not taught. No, but that I was raised Catholic. <laughs> Me too. You know, the idea of reincarnation is prevalent in Eastern religions like Buddhism or Hinduism, and is less recognized in monotheistic religions like Christianity or Islam. Monotheistic basically means that there's one all-powerful God that controls everything. Hinduism, for example, holds a cyclical view of life. You are born, you live, you die, and because nobody's perfect, your soul is born again and will continue to be born again until the negative karmic imprints on your soul from bad thoughts, words, or deeds have been erased. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of karma. I always have. Mm-hmm. Most Buddhists see reincarnation, which they prefer to call rebirth, as central to the teachings on the suffering of samsara or the wheel of cyclic, cyclic, <laughs> or samsara, the wheel of cyclic, cyclical, cyclical. Thank you. I'll probably just leave that in there. <laughs> the suffering of samsara, the wheel of cyclical existence. existence. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I think that's a hot. Sauce. Is your tongue I'm still up. swollen? I think my tongue is still swollen. <laughs> Okay, start over. Most Buddhists see reincarnation, which they prefer to call rebirth, as central to the teachings on the suffering of samsara, the wheel of cyclical existence, 
which will ultimately lead to nirvana or the state of enlightenment in which one is free from the negative karma that drives rebirth. In Christianity, though, it's believed that you live your life and after you die, your soul resides for eternity in heaven or hell. So the idea of reincarnation basically contradicts the main tenet of Christianity. Mm -hmm. So I think that because I was raised Catholic and I think that's one of the reasons why reincarnation was never like a thing for me. However, according to data released by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, according to a 2009 survey, not only do a quarter of Americans believe in reincarnation, but 24% of American Christians expressed a belief in reincarnation. Which surprised me because you didn't think, I wouldn't think that the, the Christians would. Right, it's Bible-based yeah, religion. Yeah, it like so. completely contradicts what mm-hmm. they believe, so it just kind of surprised me. What was interesting to me, though, was the fact that with Eastern religions like Hinduism, the concept of reincarnation is kind of seen as a negative thing because it means that you basically failed. You still have a flawed soul and need to get your karma right. To North American and Western European religions, though, reincarnation is seen as a positive thing that represents new possibilities for self-fulfillment and is seen as kind of a cosmic do-over. It's interesting, though, because I don't, at least from what I know about it, you're not aware most people aren't aware no. that they've been reincarnated. No. So it's not like, so, oh, goody, I get to do it all over again. Yeah. You have no idea that no. you were here before. No, but it's it's like a comfort to know part. that eh, this life sucks. My, maybe my next one will be better. Yeah, you know, which I say, I say I'll do better in my next life, which is basically that. Mm-hmm. While there are tons of stories of people claiming Kurt, to... I think you're doing all right in this life. I don't think I am, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> While there are tons of stories about people claiming to remember bits of their past lives, it's the stories of young children who know things or remember things they shouldn't that seems to be almost irrefutable proof of reincarnation. Uh, one story that we won't really get into because this might be a topic of its own is the story of Bridie Murphy which was a, a well-known reincarnation story. But okay. th- that's enough that we could probably do that in a... Yeah, we covered this topic in Paranormal Palaver, yeah. and we yep. might have talked about that. Some of the details in these stories, though, is just I know. astounding. I know. So now we're going to look at a couple Specific stories. Cases? Yes, okay. a couple stories. Story number one is the story of James Leninger. In April of 1998, a couple from Louisiana named Bruce and Andrea Leninger gave birth to a boy. They named him James. When he was 22 months old, James and his father visited a flight museum, and James discovered a fascination with planes, especially World War II aircraft, which he would stare at in awe. James got several toy airplanes and a video about a Navy flight squad, which he watched repeatedly for weeks. James started saying the phrases, quote, airplane crash on fire, and, quote, airplane crash, planes on fire including when he saw his father off on trips at the airport. Mm, (laughs) That's a little disconcerting. Yeah. Passing a toy shop one day when James was just shy of two years old, his mother noticed a display bin filled with plastic toys and boats. She pulled out a little propeller plane and handed it to James, saying, look, there's even a bomb underneath it. He said, that's not a bomb, mummy. That's a dwop tank. Oh, my God. Talking about this with her (laughs) husband later, she learned that a drop tank is an extra fuel tank fitted to an aircraft to extend its range. Another time, he and his parents were watching a History Channel documentary, and the narrator called a Japanese plane a Zero. James insisted that it was actually a Tony. In both cases, he was right. So that's Hmm. weird. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, granted, he did watch this documentary about... A skeptic would say he just remembered that from something he watched. Which is possible. 
Then, James started having nightmares, waking up in the middle of the night, screaming phrases like, airplane crash on fire, little man can't get out. When they would ask who little man is, he would always say, it's James, me. Bruce and Andrea, I keep saying Andrea, I don't know if that's Andrea, I'll just say Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) Andrea. Andrea. Bruce and (laughs) Bruce and Andrea, or Andrea, I'm not sure. You can say that every time now. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce and Andrea had been super careful. Let's call her Andy. (laughs) Should we just call her Andy? Bruce and Andy. Okay. Bruce and Andy. No, I can't do that. I'm just going to say Andrea. Bruce and Andrea had been super careful about keeping violence away from his sight. They began to analyze their dinner conversations, what James was watching on television, and other things that could possibly influence him. The parents weren't involved in aviation, and their two-year-old boy couldn't read yet. There had to be a logical explanation. Over time, James' parents said that he revealed extraordinary details about the life of a former fighter pilot, but mostly at bedtime when he was drowsy. James began to tell his parents that the plane in his nightmares was shot down by the Japanese after it had taken off from a ship on the water. When James was asked if he knew who the pilot was, he simply replied, James. They say James told them that his plane had been hit by the Japanese and crashed. Andrea said James told his father that he flew a Corsair and then told her, quote, they used to get flat tires all the time. In fact, historians and pilots agree that the plane's tires took a lot of punishment on landing but that's a fact that could easily be found in books or in television shows. When his parents asked him the name of the boat, he said, Natoma. And when they asked if he could remember anyone else that he was with, he said the name Jack Larson. When he saw a photo of Iwo Jima in a book, he pointed to it and said, My plane got shot down there, Daddy. After some research, Bruce discovered that the Natoma and Jack Larson were both real. The Natoma Bay was a small aircraft carrier in the Pacific, and Jack Larson was living in Arkansas. Bruce became obsessed searching the internet, combing through military records and interviewing men who served aboard the Natoma Bay. He said James told him that he had been shot down at Iwo Jima. James had also begun signing his crayon drawings as, quote, James III. When asked why he did that, James said, I'm the third, I'm James III. Bruce soon learned that the only pilot from the squadron killed at Iwo Jima was James Houston Jr. James also told his parents that his plane had sustained a direct hit on the engine. Ralph Clarbor, a rear gunner on a U.S. airplane that flew off the Natoma Bay, said that his plane was right next to the one flown by James Houston Jr. during the raid near Iwo Jima on March 3, 1945. Clarbor said he saw Houston's plane struck by anti-aircraft fire, saying, quote, I would say that he was hit head-on, right in the middle of the engine. Bruce then visited Jack Larson in Arkansas in September of 2002 and asked him about Houston. Larson said that Houston's plane had been hit by anti-aircraft fire on March 3, 1945. He failed to return from his mission and was then pronounced missing in action. Larson had been Houston's wingman during that day's run. Bruce still had hope that all of this talk about reincarnation was wrong. After vigorously checking into the squadron's aircraft action records, he found out that Houston was shot down in an FM-2 Wildcat fighter plane and not a Corsair, and no one at the reunion mentioned anything about Corsairs taking off from the Natoma Bay. Bruce says that this apparent inaccuracy gave him hope that all of this was just a series of weird coincidences. Just to make sure, Bruce tried to find members of Houston's family. In February of 2003, he made contact with Anne Houston Barron, Houston's sister who lived in California. 
Through several phone conversations, the Leningers and Mrs. Barron became friends, and she agreed to send Bruce photos of her brother during his military service. The package of photos arrived in February and March of 2003. In one of the packages was a photo of Houston standing in front of a Corsair fighter plane, the same kind of plane James had mentioned over and over. It turned out that Houston had been part of an elite squadron called the VF-301 that test flew Corsairs for carrier use, but the unit was disbanded shortly before the raid on Iwo Jima. Hmm. So that's that's weird that he, yeah. he Insisted kept that saying was that it was plane. a Corsair. Yeah. And there was no way, I don't think, that he could have seen anything on TV about that he was actually part of this group that flew Corsairs. As Bruce would uncover more information about Houston without telling James about any of this, the Leningers would notice more about their son's actions. James had three G.I. Joe dolls, and he named them Leon, Walter, and Billy. Bruce found out that these were the actual names of three men Houston had served with. According to U.S. Pacific Fleet records, Lieutenant Leon Stevens Connor... Ensign Walter John Devlin and Ensign Billy Peeler were among the 21 fatalities from the Natoma Bay. They were also members of Houston's squadron. When asked why he named the dolls the way he did, Bruce said that his son answered, quote, because they greeted me when I went to heaven. Hmm. That's bizarre. Couldn't you argue that he's just communicating with the spirit of James yes, and we kind will of get to misinterpreting that in, we'll get to that into the theories. Okay. In a 2013 clip on Fox and Friends, James, now 15, describes how the nightmare ceased after a, quote, spiritual release he experienced at the site of the crash. James goes on to suggest that reincarnation can be the source of what seems like innate knowledge, and he adds that he occasionally remembers his previous life but is moving forward with this one. The case has been more thoroughly reviewed by University of Virginia child psychiatrist Dr. Jim Tucker, and you're going to hear a lot about Dr. Jim Tucker. James' father says, quote, I don't have an answer for this, so I can't explain it either. Through it all, there has to be an element of faith. There could still be the coincidence of dreaming this all up, but there are odd factors you have to calculate. Lightning can strike once, but when it strikes eight or nine times, you can't say it's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So that's a really interesting story, I thought. Yeah. For someone that young to come up with specific models of plane and names of people. He came up with really specific things. Yeah. Story number two is about Ryan Hammond. Ryan Hammond, a young boy living in Muskogee, Oklahoma, was born to Christian parents in 2005. His dad is a police officer and his mom is a county clerk deputy. When Ryan was four years old, his mom would walk in on Ryan and he would be playing, telling her that he was directing, quote, pictures. Then he began waking up in the middle of the night, screaming and holding his chest. When asked what was going on, he said that his heart had exploded. Oh, Lord. One day, Ryan told his mom, Cindy, quote, I used to be somebody else. I used to be big, but now I'm little. He often told his mom, quote, I liked it better when I was big and I could go wherever and whenever I wanted to go. I hate being little. And whenever Ryan would see a picture of the Hollywood Hills or the Hollywood sign on television, he would say, that's my home, and would cry for her to take him there. Cindy ignored his stories, but as Ryan started revealing more details of his past life, Cindy started believing him. She said his stories were so detailed and extensive that it wasn't like a child could have made it up. I remember this story. He began describing the intricate details of being on a Hollywood movie set in the 1940s, which is why he was directing pictures in his bedroom. Ryan would tell stories about meeting stars like Rita Hayworth and talking about how much he liked drinking Coke floats. 
I've never had a Coke float. I don't want a Coke float. I would totally like a Coke float. I'm not, you know, me and soda. Yeah, I know. You're weird. Coffee float. I'd drink a coffee float. It would just melt. I don't mm. think it'd be a coffee, but it would be good. There's iced coffee. Mm-hmm. We would have to taste test that sometime. <laughs> he told his mom about his lavish vacation overseas, dancing on Broadway, and working for an agency where people would change their names. He said that he had a big white house and a swimming pool in Hollywood, and the street on which he had lived had the word rock in it. He said that he had five marriages and three sons. Ryan kept asking his mother for true aid, and she never understood what he wanted. She finally discovered that true aid was a drink that was popular in the 1940s, but was discontinued decades before Ryan was born. I think that's so weird. weird. Like, where would he even get that from? I don't know. Being a Baptist, Cindy did not believe in reincarnation. She kept Ryan's story a secret, even from his father. Out of curiosity, she decided to try finding the truth to help her son. She got books from the local library about Hollywood and showed the pictures to Ryan. Then we found the picture and it changed everything, she said. In one of the books, there was a picture of a publicity shot from the 1932 movie Night After Night, starring Mae West in her film debut. There were two men in the picture facing each other and surrounded by four men. Ryan pointed to the man in the middle and said, Hey mama, that's George. We did a movie together. Showing the man on the right wearing an overcoat and a scowl. He pointed and said, That guy is me. I found me. Cindy researched it and found out that the man was Marty Martin. Martin was an actor who did small roles as extras in the movies and later became a powerful Hollywood agent. Cindy decided then to get professional help. She approached Dr. Jim Tucker, a well-known child psychiatrist from the University of Virginia. He had an experience in studying children two to six years old who claimed to remember their past lives. Tucker, with lots of difficulties, was able to track down Martin's daughter. With her help, Tucker confirmed 55 details that Ryan had given about his previous life. 55 is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Just as Ryan had told his mom, Martin had danced on Broadway, he traveled to Paris on vacations, and he worked at an agency where stage names were given for different clients. Tucker also found that Martin lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills, which had the word rock in its name. The other facts that Ryan had given about his marriages and sons were also correct. The number of sisters Ryan claimed that he also had proved correct, which even his daughter was unaware of. Really? Yeah. So that's crazy. That is weird. Then Ryan revealed something which came as a big shock for everyone. He said that he didn't see why God would let you get to be 61 and then make you come back as a baby. This statement Tucker found was incorrect, as according to Martin's death certificate, he was 59 years old when he died. But as Dr. Tucker did more research, he found out that what Ryan had said was not wrong. Martin was born in 1903 and not 1905, which meant that Martin was 61 years old when he died, so the death certificate was wrong. Oh, my God. That's a big thing, you know, that he knew, you know, I mean... Where would he get... I don't know. There's just... It's impossible for him to know this stuff. Marty Martin died of a heart attack, which explained why Ryan had been having nightmares about his heart hurting or exploding. Ryan, much older now, has less and less memories of that, and the ones he does have are much less vivid than they used to be when he was five or six years old. Dr. Tucker said that this is quite normal, and that as the new memories come in, the old ones get pushed out. And you Mm. hear that a lot, that as you age, you start to forget this stuff. Mm -hmm. Story number three is Luke Ruhlman. Luke Ruhlman was a young boy from Cincinnati. His parents often remarked about their son's strange behavior when it came to things like safety at home, crossing the road, or drinks that were too hot or too cold. 
He took all of these things very seriously. Then Luke's mom, Erica, said that he started naming all of his teddy bears Pam and became strangely fixated on the name. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with that? I don't know. It also reminds me of a Seinfeld episode, but go on. Okay. One day he told his mom, quote, when I was a girl, I had black hair. And shortly after that, while watching TV together one day, he told his mom, quote, I used to have earrings like that when I was a girl. Thinking that all of these comments and things were strange, Erica asked Luke who Pam was. Luke responded by saying, quote, I was. Well, I used to be, but I died and went up to heaven. I saw God, and then eventually God pushed me back down, and when I woke up, I was a baby, and you named me Luke. That's a weird Jeez. thing to say. Yeah. After pressing him for more details, Luke told his mother that he had lived in Chicago, took the train a lot, and died in a fire. After mentioning the fire, Luke made a hand motion with two of his fingers, indicating what looked like someone jumping off of something. When Erica typed the information into Google, she discovered a news story about a fire in the Paxton Hotel in Chicago. In March of 1993, 19 people died in a fire at the building, one of them being a 34-year-old African-American woman named Pam Robinson who died after jumping out of a window to escape the fire. Erica couldn't explain how Luke would have known about a fire in Chicago. He had never been to the city, and she had never discussed it with him. The parents wanted to test the boy after obtaining pictures of Pam Robinson, mixing the pictures in with other female photos, and asking Luke to see if he could show them the one of Pam. Luke immediately picked the photo of Pam Robinson. Luke's mother, Erica, was convinced that her son had some kind of link to this lady that had perished in Chicago. She reached out to Pamela's family in an attempt to gather more information on the subject. They exchanged facts, and it came to light that both Robinson and Luke had a love of Stevie Wonder music, and they both had a passion for playing the keyboard. Luke's recollections have now stopped, but his mother remains convinced that he had some sort of past life link to Pamela Robinson. Story number four, these next two are kind of short. Story number four is Edward Austrian. Edward Austrian, Austrian, (laughs) Edward Austrian is another case of possible reincarnation. Since very early in his life, Edward had a phobia of dark, drizzly, damp weather and often became ill with throat problems. What made the latter strange is how Edward identified with his throat illnesses. When it was rainy or damp, he would complain of a sore throat, stating that, quote, his shot was hurting. By the time he was four years old, Edward developed a cyst in his throat and was taken in for tonsillitis surgery to prepare for further treatment of his cyst. After his surgery, the boy confided to his mother that he could remember his past life. He said that he had been James, an 18-year-old soldier in World War I. Edward told his mother how he was killed, saying that he was shot in the throat on a rainy day. After his recollection of his past life to his mother, Edward's cyst disappeared, something that his doctor was never able to explain. Lots of Jameses. I know. Last story is Gus Taylor. Gus Taylor was 18 months old when he started to say that he was his own grandfather. Young children can be confused about their own identity and those of their family members, but this was different. His grandfather had died a year before Gus was born, and the boy believed that they were the same person. When shown some family photographs, Gus identified Grandpa Augie when he was four years old. In Gus's case, he is able to pick out distinct details, like recognizing his grandfather as a child in a large group photo, or identifying a picture of the car as the first car his grandfather ever owned. Also... Gus claimed that his sister, which would actually be his aunt, died and became what he called a fish. What actually happened is that she was murdered and her body was dumped into the San Francisco Bay. How would any child know that? He wasn't told by anyone in his family and it stunned everyone that he said this. 
He also retained knowledge from the afterlife, saying that after he died, he got to meet God and that God gave him a ticket he could use. Using the ticket took him through a hole where he traveled back to the physical world and was reincarnated. Hmm. So... That one's interesting, but not as compelling as the others, because I feel like people have conversations they don't realize kids are absorbing everything oh, they exactly, say. exactly. They could have easily yeah. talked about yep. the sister yep. when he was in the next room. Totally agree. And he heard every word, yeah. you know. You know, somebody could have said she's sleeping with the fishes, and that's why he said, right. you know, she's a fish. Or there's a picture of the first car his grandpa owned yeah. and someone yep. mentioned, you know. Yep. It, when you do searches on this, you're going to find a lot of stories, and these were ones that popped up a lot, so I just chose those mm-hmm. five. I think the first three are really yeah, compelling. Yeah, I wasn't even going to read the second two, but it's like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> we go that extra mile for you guys. All right. The following are a list of feelings, experiences, or traits that some associate with reincarnation and past lives. You may have been reincarnated if you have out-of-place memories. You feel older than your age. Sometimes people refer to you as an old soul, and I know people like that. Yeah. I know young people that are, are like that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're reincarnated. You know? No. You feel like you were born into the wrong decade or era. You are fascinated with foreign countries and foreign language comes easy to you. You have vivid dreams of being in a different place or different time period. You have inexplicable fears or phobias that could be linked to past life trauma. Don't I don't think I really have any of those. Some of those. Really? I mean, I, just, I, I definitely feel like I was born in the wrong era. I definitely... Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I don't belong I in this never, era. I have never in my life had any past life No, me either. No. No. I honestly don't know what I think about it, to be honest with you. I don't either. I think these stories are fascinating. So though. now we get to theories. And okay. as usual, we have two main, main theory. theories. How many sub-theories? And a lot of sub-theories. Okay. Not, I don't know. I wouldn't say sub-theories as items. We'll okay. call them items. Okay. Big theory number one, what do you think that is? It's real. Reincarnation (laughs) exists. Okay. Item A, studies. There's been a lot of studies on this. The Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia has investigated more than 2,500 cases of people worldwide who remember their previous lives. The founder and director was Dr. Ian Stevenson. When he retired in 1996, Dr. Jim Tucker took over as the leader of the division's past life research. And looking this stuff up, you're going to see a ton of stuff about Ian Stevenson and a ton of stuff about Jim Tucker. These are like are the two bigwigs in this. Okay. In 2008, Tucker published a review of an investigation by his predecessor into cases that seemed to point to reincarnation. Stevenson, when he was chairman of the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Virginia, worked on a review of 44 cases of individuals who had reported memories of previous lives, which was published before 1960. Stevenson came to the conclusion that the phenomenon of people who remember their past lives was much more common than anyone had realized. Dr. Tucker, continuing this research, has said that there are several common threads running through these cases. Usually it's young children that remember they have been someone else. This happens typically around age two or three. The memory is spontaneous and doesn't seem to be triggered by anything in the current family. These children usually stop making past life statements by age six or seven. And that makes sense with, as you're starting to learn new things that this stuff is going to get bumped, Mm -hmm. especially if it's not that solid Solid. in your memory. That's weird that you said solid. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of a word. Interestingly, the research has found out that there is an average of only 16 months 
between the birth and the current life and the death of the previous personality. I thought that was really interesting. It's very precise. It's very precise. That, And most of the time, when you believe you're reincarnated as somebody, they haven't passed away that much you know, before you were born, okay. which I thought was really months. interesting. Okay. In I seven, love that they have that pinpointed. <laughs> I know. In 70% of the cases, the death involved unnatural circumstances like violence or drowning. Hmm. If these children can remember specific enough details about their previous life circumstances, like an address or names of family members, people that have gone and followed it up regularly find that the details can be confirmed. In a 2014 interview on NPR, when asked about the science behind reincarnation, Tucker replied, quote, Well, I think it's very difficult to just map these cases onto a materialistic understanding of reality. I mean, if physical matter, if the physical world is all there is, then I don't know how you can accept these cases and believe in them. But I think there are good reasons to think that consciousness can be considered a separate entity from physical reality. And in fact, some leading scientists in the past, like Max Planck, who is the father of quantum theory, said that he viewed consciousness as fundamental and that matter was derived from it. So in that case, it would mean that consciousness would not necessarily be dependent on a physical brain in order to survive. Hmm. Basically, he's saying that in quantum physics, activity involving the smallest particles like electrons and protons only occurs when they are directly observed. This is called the observer effect. I can't remember if we talked about this, I don't think but so. I've always been kind of fascinated by this. That some of these things don't do anything until somebody actually watches them. I think this kind of got into our reality episode. Is this like, does a tree make a sound? Yeah, in the basically. Like, okay. like, so this observer effect suggests that the material world might be created by consciousness rather than the other way around. So if the consciousness isn't dependent on the material world, it might not be dependent on a physical brain to exist. So reincarnation is a possibility. That's a tough one to wrap your head that around. That is a tough one to wrap your head around, but that gets into the whole reality thing, which I, I like. I mean, it's almost like a simulation. It is a lot like the simulation theory. theory. Yeah. Like the world around you doesn't exist if you're not there exactly. To but that's it. what quantum theory basically that's says. Freaky. But that, that I don't like it, it talks about how their consciousness affects the material world. So that's saying that your consciousness does not need the material world to exist. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And then there's also a lot of stuff about past life hypnotic regression, but mm. that's such I, a, I, iffy I know topic. it's a very iffy topic. So many people think that it's just the power of suggestion. Exactly. And... Exactly. And I kind of do too. You know, I think that's a lot of what it is. Unless you have someone in the room with you just observing to verify that you're not being, that nothing's being planted. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know, and if you're, if you're like a, a, somebody doing the hypnotism that really wants that person to be reincarnated, you're going to. You can find a subtle can, way to plant even that in there. Unconsciously do it, you know, mm -hmm. unconsciously get them to, to say stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Item B wounds. Dr. Ian Stevenson wanted to get away from hypnotic past life regression and focus more on purely scientific studies. In a study titled Birthmarks and Birth Defects Corresponding to Wounds on Deceased Persons, Dr. Stevenson used facial recognition to analyze similarities between the subjects and their alleged prior incarnation while also studying birthmarks. He wrote in his study, quote, about 35% of children who claim to remember previous lives have birthmarks or birth defects that correlate to wounds on a person whose life the child remembers. The cases of 210 such children have been investigated. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is. 
One case is of a boy from Thailand who, when he was three years old, remembered being a teacher named Buakai. He remembered that he had been shot and killed one day as he rode his bicycle to teach at school. He begged to be taken to his former parents' house and told them the name of the village. His grandmother took him to the village. He then found the address and appeared to recognize the people living there as his previous parents. Upon investigation, Stevenson found out from the teacher's widow that her husband had been shot from the back because of the small round wound on the back of his head was consistent with an entry wound, whereas the larger wound on his forehead was typical of a bullet exit wound. The boy had been born with two birthmarks, a small round birthmark on the back of his head and a larger, more irregularly shaped one on the front, both in the same area as the bullet wound. Jeez. You know, is it a coincidence? Yeah, that's crazy. Or, you know, because that happens a a lot where people have birthmarks where they were stabbed in in their previous life. So that's very weird. That is weird. How do you explain that? I don't know. Coincidence? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Item C, fears and illnesses. Research conducted by Nicola Dexter, or Nicola Dexter, a past life therapist, has discovered correlations between some of her patients' illnesses and their past lives. She found, for example, a case of bulimia that was caused by swallowing salt water while drowning in a previous life, a persistent pain in the shoulder and arm caused by participating in a past life in a dangerous game of tug of war. I don't really understand that one. Mm-mm. It must have been a hell of a game. <laughs> and a fear of blades, razors, and shaving that was the result of the sufferer having had his hand cut off in a previous life. Blah. Unexplained fears in this life might correspond to something that happened in a past life. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have this ungodly fear of being buried alive. We've talked about this. Like mm-hmm. maybe in a past life I could have been buried alive and that's why... It's such a freaky thought for me that it like disturbs me so much, Hmm. you know? So there's a lot of people think that our weird fears correspond to something that happened to us in a past life. Although I think that's a common fear. Being buried alive. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, but you know, like if you have a weird fear of butterflies or something like that, that then maybe you were killed by a a poisonous butterfly (laughs) in a butterfly garden or something like that, you know? So there's, that's possible. Item D, physical similarity. According to the website in his book, Someone Else's Yesterday, Jeffrey J. Keene theorizes that a person in this life may strongly physically resemble the person that he or she was in a previous life. Keene, an assistant fire chief who lives in Westport, Connecticut, believes he is the reincarnation of John B. Gordon, a Confederate general of the Army of Northern Virginia, who died on January 9, 1904. As evidence, he offers photos of himself and the general, and they do look amazingly alike, almost like twins. Beyond sharing physical similarities, Keene says that individuals and their past incarnations often think alike, look alike, and share facial scars. Their lives are so intertwined that they appear to be one person. And, you know, there's all this stuff, like, when people show, like, lookalikes, like, Nicolas Cage had somebody that looked just like him. From, like, the Civil War. From, like, the Civil War. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy, because it did really look like him. I mean, it's like like a spitting image of him. And there's other ones. I think Keanu Reeves? I don't remember. But I've seen a lot of other ones like that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that think we have physical similarities to whoever we were in a past life. Interesting. Like a doppelganger, but you don't exist in the same era. Item E, language. Psychiatry professor Ian Stevenson investigated numerous cases of the phenomenon of xenoglossy, which is defined as speaking a real language entirely unknown to the speaker in his ordinary state. And we touched, we touched on that when speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. 
The definition was coined originally by Charles Richet between 1905 and 1907. Richet was a Nobel Prize-winning doctor whose interests and research span many areas, including parapsychology. Stevenson investigated a 37-year-old American woman who he called T.E. T.E. was born and raised in Philadelphia, the daughter of immigrant parents who spoke English, Polish, Yiddish, and Russian at home while she was growing up. She studied French while in school. Her only exposure to Swedish was a few phrases spoken in a television show about the lives of Swedish Americans. However, while under eight different regression hypnosis sessions, T.E. became Jensen Jacobi, a male Swedish peasant. As Jensen, T.E. answered questions posed in the Swedish language with Swedish responses, using about 60 words not first spoken by the Swedish-speaking interviewer. Hmm. T.E. as Jensen was also unable to answer English questions with English answers. Stevenson gave T.E. two polygraph tests, a word association test, and a language aptitude test, all of which she answered as though Swedish. He also spoke to her husband, family members, and acquaintances about her aptitude or exposure to Scandinavian languages. All agreed that she had none. No Scandinavian languages were taught in the schools T.E. had attended. That said, T.E. as Jensen was not fluent. The transcript of the session shows that T.E. as Jensen had a vocabulary of roughly only about 100 words and rarely spoke in full sentences. In fact, there were no complex sentences at all, despite Jensen supposedly being an adult male. The accent was praised, however, by Stevenson's consultants. In an added twist, several specialists pointed out that the language was mixed with Norwegian. Hmm. So that's bizarre. Unless, yeah. Unless she picked up enough stuff from that interview she watched about Swedish Americans, but I don't know. That seems like... I feel like that's someone with a really high IQ then, yeah. that they can just pick up a language like yeah. that. Not that that's not impossible, but... Yeah, totally. Item F, child prodigies. You know, and this basically is saying when you try to learn something, it seems difficult at first, but if you continue practicing a lot, you basically master whatever you're trying to learn. If there's a lapse for a few years and you again try to take on the subject, you will find it pretty familiar. The concepts will be easy and relearning it will be faster. In our life, we see it happening as we take on a normal case, especially where learning is involved. But if we don't limit the span of learning within only this one lifetime, but also take into consideration learning of previous reincarnations, then learning becomes a lot easier when we are familiar with the topics in our previous lives that we mastered at that time. Though for the learning of any subject to work as a child prodigy, you must be very familiar with the subject to such an extent that you won't forget that subject in your subsequent rebirth or reincarnation. And also this type of learning should happen in successive lives, not just your one past life. Hmm. Like they believe that child prodigies mastered this thing in all their previous lives. Okay. You know, they say, suppose you were a pundit on Sanskrit language five lifetimes ago. If there's no successive learning throughout your subsequent reincarnations, that learning won't be able to come up in this lifetime to make you a child prodigy. And we're, you know, they bring up people like kids that can play the piano. Like, yeah. Un, like just to a crazy extent. Or can paint. Or crazy, can paint. Yeah. That in all of their previous lives, they were masters of this. So now it's so ingrained in their spirit mm -hmm. that that's. It just comes naturally yeah. to them. So that's one possibility okay. that people say. I was just going to say really quick in the last five minutes, I made a really weird noise when I was drinking water and then my throat just made a really weird noise. I heard you so make a really weird noise, but I, didn't I don't want anyone to think we're haunted. No, it wasn't an EVP. It's just me. <laughs> I heard you say, I heard you make the noise, but I wasn't going to say anything. Someone will point it out and say, yeah. oh, did you hear that growl? EVP. <laughs> 
So child prodigies is an interesting thing, and I could totally see where that. So that's the theory: is that child prodigies are actually are reincarnated, reincarnated. Okay. that they somebody can play the piano as a little kid. Mm-hmm. That was because they mastered it in their past life, and they mastered it in the life before that. Okay. So that kind of I've does, never heard that kind that of does make sense as far as child prodigies go. Yeah, but they usually retain that kind of high level of yeah. skill throughout their whole life yeah. it's not just as children yeah no but if, if you're like two or three and you can play the piano or paint like this crazy thing mm-hmm. then maybe it's because of your your Previous you know past life. lives okay item g it just makes sense and this came from a somebody wrote this on a uh, website called quora where people ask questions and other people answer them okay. and i just really like this it was submitted by irina nola she said quote this is the only version of an afterlife which makes sense logically. How can a loving God create beings in his own image and send them to earth just to try their morals once and send most of them to hell for eternity? This totally does not make any sense. Every part of the story contradicts other parts. Reincarnation, on the other hand, is very logical as the souls were created with a potential to become like the creator and one with all that is and sent into material worlds to experience and evolve. Through many lives, they eventually expand and acquire wisdom and raise in vibration until eventually they return to higher consciousness. This is much more logical, in my opinion. And I totally understand that because, you know, going with the religious route, you know, say we were created by a God. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't seem right to have one shot and It definitely lends more to the idea that we have a purpose. Yeah, yeah. And our purpose is to keep coming back and getting better. Yeah, and And, I mean, that that makes sense to me more than... The Christian just one just shot, one shot, heaven or one hell, one and done, one and done, heaven and or apparently hell. most of us are going to hell. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> That's news to but, me. But uh, I totally understand this. That it makes from a lot from a from a logical point of view, it makes more sense that we are here to evolve ourselves, mm-hmm. not just you're born once, you screwed up, you're in hell. Yeah, you know it doesn't make sense to me. So I totally understand that. It's also slightly comforting. It is. It is. Main theory number two, reincarnation doesn't exist. Item A, the light bulb theory. Everything which goes to make up the consciousness of a person, their thoughts, emotions, memories, etc., is stored and accessed in the living brain by a combination of biochemical and electrical signals across synapses, the points at which the brain's neurons touch each other. Once the brain dies, everything which was stored in it vanishes. It doesn't go anywhere. It simply ceases to exist. Think of a light bulb glowing in the dark. Now switch it off. Do you ask where the light goes? No, you know it simply stops. It's exactly the same with consciousness. When the brain dies, it stops, period. Unless and that's it's, just depressing. Unless it's, um, what type of what type of bulb is it that it still glows? The fluorescent one. Yeah, the fluorescent ones like glow the one in the for bathroom a while. When we were trying for EVP in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, yeah. It was doing that. So there, some but, of them yeah, glow after I mean, you I mean, I get that's the skeptics, you know, the atheist skeptic point of view that, right. like you said, one and done. That's it. You know, once... Once your brain stops, everything stops. There's mm-hmm. no consciousness separate from the brain. You don't have brain. a soul. Nope. Item B, past life regression hypnosis is sketchy, which it is. I agree. In a 1988 interview in Omni Magazine with Ian Stevenson, Omni asks, Many claims are made for the authenticity of previous lives based on memories recovered under hypnosis. You have pointed out why these are likely to be fraudulent. And Stevenson says, quote, In my experience, nearly all so-called previous personalities evoked through hypnotism are entirely imaginary and a result of the patient's eagerness to obey the hypnotist's suggestions. 
It is no secret that we are all highly suggestible under hypnosis. This kind of investigation can actually be dangerous. Some people have been terribly frightened by their supposed memories, and in other cases, the previous personality fraudulently evoked has refused to go away for a very long time. So that's weird. It's like having a split personality yep. at that point. Robert Carroll of the Skeptics Dictionary said, quote, I have to agree with Stevenson's own assessment of his work. He's provided evidence, but no compelling evidence for reincarnation. I see no way to move forward using his methods or his data, so I see his work as a colossal waste of time. Wow. Alrighty then. <laughs> Don't mix words. poop though. on his whole life's exactly. work. Exactly. On the positive side, however, I agree with him that past life regressive therapy, which uses hypnosis, is rife with methodological problems, not the least of which is the problem with suggestion contaminating any evidence that might be uncovered for a past life. According to an article on the sciencebasedmedicine.com website, it can even be dangerous. The article says, quote, The Israeli health ministry told hypnotists to refrain from helping patients explore past lives after receiving complaints from clients who said that they had sustained serious emotional damage. One patient reported that he became emotionally stuck in an experience which made him feel as though he was enclosed in a coffin. He began to gasp for breath. After the session, the man suffered repeated panic attacks and respiratory problems and was referred for medical and psychiatric care. Oh, man. Yeah, that sucks. According to the article, one past life regression therapist has reported that in some subjects, hypnosis and past life regression can result in side effects which can range from mild to severe and could be temporary or permanent. He described several incidents, including subjects developing new debilitating physical symptoms, a patient who attacked the therapist during a session, a patient who identified past enemies and announced that he would be taking his revenge on them in this life, oh. and one female patient that recalled five past lives as a male and became so afraid that she wouldn't come out of the trance and had to be institutionalized. Oh my God. So, this is why hypnosis is terrifying. Yeah, I, just, I was just going to say that. That's why I hate hypnosis. No. Yeah. I, I get, Never going to do that. I get a kick of the patient who identified past enemies and announced that he would be taking his revenge on them in this life. <laughs> That's some Kill Bill stuff right oh, there. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. Item C, faulty memories slash faulty assumptions. According to the Live Science website, clinical psychologist Richard McNally says that it could be the byproduct of especially vivid imaginary skills. He has found that people who commonly make source monitoring errors respond to and imagine experiences more strongly than the average person, and they also tend to be more creative. What do you mean by source monitoring errors? That's where you're mistaken about where something started where okay. where, where like a memory started where okay. you a lot of people say that that's what the mandela effect is uh, that right. you had totally have this false memory of where something started or where, what something was okay that's a source monitoring error he said quote it might be harder to discriminate between a vivid image that you generated yourself and the memory of a perception of something you actually saw hmm. Peters also found in his study, detailed in the March issue of Consciousness and Cognition, that people with implausible memories are also more likely to be depressed and experience sleep problems, and this could also make them more prone to memory mistakes. And once people make this kind of mistake, they might be inclined to stick to their guns for spiritual reasons. McNally says, quote, It may be a variant expression of certain religious impulses. We suspect that this might be kind of a psychological buffering mechanism against the fear of death. You know, mm -hmm. so you basically convince yourself that you were reincarnated, so you don't fear death, death. as much. 
I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. And memory is a tricky thing. I mean, people, eyewitnesses to crimes are notoriously terrible at identifying accurate details of the the person who committed the crime. Yep. Martin Peters of Maastricht University in the Netherlands tested patients of reincarnation therapists who use hypnosis to help their patients remember past lives, which the clients believe are the root of their current problems. Subjects were given a memory test known as the false fame paradigm, in which they were shown and asked to recite a list of unfamiliar names. The next day, they were shown a list that included those names, new names, and the names of famous people. The results showed subjects who claimed to have memories of previous lives were more likely than those without such recollections to misidentify more of the previously recited names as belonging to famous people. Hmm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. What's the logic behind that? I'm not sure. According to the Catholic.com article called Three Arguments Against Reincarnation, one case involved an Idaho girl who at age two would point to photographs of her sister dead from a car accident three years before she was born and say, that was me. The believer thinks that the two-year-old meant I was my sister in a previous life. The skeptic thinks she meant that's a picture of me. The skeptic sees the two-year-old as making a mistake. The believer sees her as trying to communicate a message about reincarnation. Totally. Yep. Item D, math. According to an April 2009 article on LiveScience.com called The Reality of Reincarnation, quote, Some simple math also throws cold water on the idea of past lives if each person has a soul or spirit that moves through time between generations and centuries. The best estimate is that there are currently nearly 7 billion people on planet Earth, yet around 1800 there were fewer than 1 billion living people. Where did the new 6 billion souls come from in the past 200 years? You know, this is all dependent on the one out, one in theory where every mm-hmm. soul is reincarnated. Interesting. You know, some people say that it could be animals, that animals are like a surplus holding tank for human souls. Oh boy. Which, you Grasping know. Grasping at straws, people. <laughs> and other people say that it's from other planets. So, oh my God. Yeah. So we got those. Uh, well, maybe not everybody is reincarnated. No. And this is where I'm going to throw in Someone's a... Someone's got to be new at some point. This is point. where I'm going to throw in a quote from one of my all-time favorite movies, Before Sunrise. Okay. So if you've never seen Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, they're so good. I mean, they're, it's... Are they romantic movies? They're kind of, but they're Richard Linklater, who does, who did Dates and Confused. Okay. Uh, but basically, it's a love or hate movie because both movies, like the first movie, this guy is on a train touring, I can't remember where, and there's a girl that he ends up sitting by and... They get off the train because they both have some time to kill. And the whole movie is them walking through around the town talking. That's all the movie is, is them okay. walking and talking. And then the second movie is the same couple 10 years in the in the future because it was 10 years since the first movie. And they meet and they walk around the town and talk. And that's all the movies are. Who are, are the actors? Uh, it is one. The actor I really like. I got to actually look. Ethan Hawke. Oh, I love Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke and Julie yeah, yeah, Delpy. Yeah. It's Ethan Hawke and Julie okay. Delpy. But I love those movies, but some people don't. There's a third one called, I think, Before Midnight, but I absolutely hated it, okay. and I refuse to even acknowledge that it exists. <laughs> All right. So Before before Sunset and Before Sunrise. Okay. Those are two of my favorite movies. All right. But this is a quote from Before Sunrise. Okay, well, this is my thought. 50,000 years ago, there are not even a million people on the planet. 10,000 years ago, there's like 2 million people on the planet. Now there's between 5 and 6 billion people on the planet, right? 
Now, if we all have our own individual unique soul, where do they all come from? Are modern souls only a fraction of the original souls? Because if they are, that represents a 5,000 to 1 split of each soul in the last 50,000 years, which is like a blip in Earth's time. So at best, we're like these little tiny fractions of people, you know? I mean, is that why we're so scattered? Is that why we're all so specialized? Like, I really love that quote. Hmm. But yeah, that Some movie is basically... right there. Yeah, that's what the movie is. It's basically this guy and girl walking through town and talking about life. See, I don't know if I can handle that. It's... It's like Some, the movie a lot of people where nothing can't. happens. No, it's exactly. Like nothing happens. <laughs> okay. You know, that's all it is. And I love them. And, I need and, more than that. Yeah. Or it's got to be funny. I don't know. It, I mean, it's funny. Okay. But yeah, I love those. And I love that quote. So that goes with the whole math thing. Yeah, like, it does. You know, I don't think that animals are a surplus holding tank for human souls. No. But, but that's just me. I mean, it'd be fun to be a dog for a little while or a cat or something. Cat. But Definitely be a house cat. Item D, Possession. This theory says that these children can remember the other lives because their other life is an earthbound spirit who has taken possession of or is sharing the child's body and young impressionable mind. As a result, the child has memories of the other life as well. In cases of possession, the possessing spirit, or what seems like the possessing spirit, usually interferes with the healthy development of its victim. The result is almost always mental and physical illness. But the very young children who, according to this theory, are possessed seldom show symptoms of mental or physical illness. They do not need to be released or exercised from an attached spirit in order to recover their health, so a lot of researchers don't believe it's possession. Mm. But the idea does make sense to me that sure. it's not reincarnation as much as it is possession. Or just a haunting. Yep. And that gets to okay. item E, the mental corpse theory. According to an article on the whitecrowbooks.com site called Is Reincarnation True? The Research of Ian Stevenson, quote, This theory was put forth by John Hick, a prominent Christian theologian. Theologian. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> quote, This theory was put forth by John Hick, a prominent Christian theo- theologian. Theologian? Theologian. They all sound right and wrong at the same Quote, time. <laughs> this theory was put forth by John Hick, a prominent Christian religious guy. <laughs> I call it the mental corpse theory, and it goes like this. We all know that our living body turns into a lifeless corpse at death. What about our living mind? What happens to it at death? Instead of it being wiped out without a trace, the theory goes, maybe it leaves behind a corpse of its own, a mental corpse. Hmm. Since the mind is invisible, the corpse would also be invisible, so we cannot see it. We cannot see where it is or where it is not. We can think of it as floating freely somewhere in the atmosphere. Now a mental corpse is full of information of memories belonging to the person whose living mind it used to be. It's like an invisible hard drive with an enormous amount of information on it, but the information is useless without a living mind to read it. And that is what the young, uninformed, unimpressionable mind of a child does when it makes contact with someone's mental corpse. And that's how children know so much about this other person's life and even comes to regard the other life as their own. This theory, if true, would explain all the facts of the phenomenon without assuming reincarnation. That's basically what you were saying that... Isn't that when, a ghost though? You basically, I mean? yeah. Okay. Basically, but I think that they don't want to... It's just putting a different spin a on ghost. it. Yeah. So when I die, my brain or my consciousness is just there, still full of my stuff, but nobody's using it. And that's where children latch onto it Hmm. and start to use it as their own information. Well, and I think little kids generally have, they don't understand, how can I say this? Their sense of self isn't very solid. So when they see, like you said in that earlier example, when they see a picture of another kid, they can easily 
mis, you know, understand it or misconstrue it and say that, well, that's a picture of me. And so, and I think kids kind of get that sort of, you know, they get that a little mixed up. So they might be communicating with a spirit or something and communicate it to the people around them as, well, this is me rather yeah. than who I'm talking yeah. to. Yep. If that made any sense. No, that sense. makes sense. That does make sense. You know, I feel so, like that's more likely than reincarnation. Yeah. But. Yeah. I honestly don't know where I stand on the reincarnation. Even after reading all this, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And lastly, item E, the many worlds theory. What if recollections of past lives are actually memories of lives you've lived in other parallel worlds? You would have a memory, however detailed, of this past life. It would be one of many lives presumably lived in parallel worlds at that period in time, but you have an awareness and memories of just this one lifetime. Are they concurrent? Yeah, that's basically they're what it's saying. I think lives, it's saying it's, it's memory of what you're doing in another life. It okay. could be in the past. That's weird. But I just, as much as I believe in the idea of parallel worlds, I don't think reincarnation is because of that. I just, no. no. You know, especially when you remember yourself as somebody else, not you. Like, there's a lot of these cases where like the, like the kid with the, the gun. Well, or with from the, a different era. Yeah. Yeah. Unless every parallel world is a different era that's yeah. running simultaneously uh, yeah. next to each other. I don't know. I just I, I I do buy the many worlds theory, but I don't think it has anything to do with reincarnation. No. I really don't. I think don't. it could explain um paranormal activity, but Yeah, yeah, but not so much reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So there's those. Okay. Now some random Reddit stories cuz I Ooh. saw a lot of stories about reincarnation and all this stuff. Okay. And these are all from Reddit or from websites where I was looking up this stuff and I decided some of them were really cool, so I just jotted them down. Okay. So here are some stories. When my brother was about two or three, he told us that his name used to be Austin. One day we were picnicking right alongside a cemetery when my brother took off running towards the gravestones. My dad and I followed him and found him touching a large headstone that simply read, Here Lies Austin. No name, no date. My brother did not learn to read until he was six, and this headstone wasn't even right out visible from where we were, yet he ran right to it. Hmm. That's bizarre. Yes. And got to take these with a grain of salt, yeah, because of these are just people sending these in. My daughter told me about her life when she lived before she was born, and described herself as a woman with long hair who lived in an apartment with a long flight of stairs outside of it. She drove a VW Bug and wore long skirts. She then told me that she fell down the stairs and died. Her stories were startlingly vivid and always consistent. Quite spooky. She is now 19 and doesn't remember it. My advice would be to write down everything your children tell you about the subject. Everything. Record their stories if you can. Another story. Since as long as I can remember... This one... Since as long as I can remember, I've had vivid dreams about being a serial killer from the 1940s or 1950s. I lived in an old farmhouse in the middle of the woods secluded from everyone. I buried my victims, all women with medium-length jet black hair and very pretty, on my property. There are at least 50, if not more. I've been dreaming about this guy since I can remember, and the details never change. I don't have a name or location, but it bothers me enough that I tried searching, and I don't think I was ever caught. Sometimes I have moments where I genuinely miss my old life. In this life, I wouldn't hurt a fly and have dedicated myself to helping people. Sometimes certain situations trigger feelings that are not really me, and I'm not sure where they come from. It's always the same type of girl and always the same thoughts of how to disable her in order to get her back to my place. Oh, my God. I've come to terms with it and pass it off as a simple intrusive thought, but I've never wanted to act on it in this life. (laughs) Stay away from that guy. Wow. Yeah. I guess he's someone who has not 
it's not been pushed out by new memories because this is probably yeah. an adult. Yeah, he sounds like he's older. Like it's an older That's guy. Terrifying. <laughs> That's terrifying. I'm glad I don't have jet black hair. Yeah, you kind of do. I no, mean, it's brown. Doing, it's just brown. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next story. When my son was four, we were watching a show about the Titanic. The scene was a picture of the schematics of the boiler room and the camera panned from left to right over the plans. He pointed at the TV and said, quote, that's wrong. The boilers were on the other side and I was right here. And then he pointed to a small space in the boiler room. That's where I was and that's why I don't like water now, he said. Oh my. Another story. I don't understand this word scroof. There's a word scroof in here. Scroof. Okay. S-C-R-O-O-F. Might have been a typo. No. It's like in quotes. So this oh, is like their personal okay. word. So this story, getting my two and a half year old daughter out of the bath one night, my wife and I were briefing her on how important it was that she kept her private area clean. She casually replied, quote, oh, nobody screws me there. They tried one night. They kicked the door in and tried, but I fought back. I died. And now I'm here. She said this like it was nothing. Oh my God. Another story. <laughs> It first happened when my daughter was almost four years old. She was playing on the floor and I was on the couch. She said, Mama, I need to tell you something. I said, okay, or something like that in response. She says, before I was me and before you were my mama, I burned. I asked her what she meant. She said, my old mama tried to get me out, but the door was stuck. My skin looked weird. And then she went back to playing. So that's creepy. I mean, yeah. Wow. I don't know. Kids say some creepy stuff. (laughs) I guess reincarnation could explain a lot of the creepy stuff little kids say. And my last story, when I was a little girl, I lost it when I saw some guy at the grocery store. It was unusual because I was generally quiet and very well behaved. I never had to be taken out of somewhere for misbehaving, but we had to leave the store. When my mom asked me what was wrong when we got in the car, I told her he took me away from my first mom and hid me under his floor and made me sleep for a long time until I woke up with my new mom. I refused to sit on the seat of the car on the ride home, but insisted on cowering under the dashboard so he couldn't take me again. Wow, these are all really traumatic. <laughs> I know. I know. So Why are they always traumatic? I don't know. Well, because that, I mean, they said that like the majority, what was it, like 70% or whatever of these people that are reincarnated died of violent or strange, de- not a strange death, but a violent or... And maybe the people who don't didn't die in a violent way just don't have the memories because it was traumatic. Possibly, but but I got to go back and look for that because I thought it was an interesting statistic. Okay, here we go. In in seventy percent of the cases, the death involved unnatural circumstances like violence or drowning, hmm. and that could be why if you're murdered, it's imprinted on or your burn in a car. Memory, that's why yeah. with the or that kind of traumatic death, I'm guessing. Maybe you remember it better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the one with the, the kid, the girl remembering being in a burning car and mm-hmm. saying her skin looked weird. I don't know. It's just really bizarre. Yeah. I mean, some of the, like, if there were only a handful of them, I could see it being coincidence. But there are so many of these yeah. stories like this. Right. You know, I, all you got to do is go on Google and type in strange things kids say. And you'll <laughs> find tons of this stuff. Sure. So now we get to what do you think? Oh. Reincarnation, yay or nay? I mean, I don't. It's not something that I'm gonna just say no. It doesn't exist. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, and I find a lot of these stories really compelling. Yeah. But I also think a lot of it could be explained. Yeah. Or could be paranormal instead of you know Re- a past life instead yeah. of coming back in a past life. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I think it's I, possible. I anything's possible in my mind, but. 
one thing that I liked was the kid's story where he got a ticket and used the ticket to go back. Uh-huh. I like the idea that it's a choice. Sure. After you die. And that's that's one problem where I run into this math. Like, I don't agree that the math is a problem because I don't think everybody is reincarnated. Right. I think it's one of those things. Like, I, you know, in my head, what I want to happen after I die is I want to be given a choice to go on to heaven or whatever is there. A choice between that between staying here as like a kind of a guardian angel watching over people I love or getting reincarnated. I want there to be that choice of what you want to do. And I, 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 that's why I like that story of the kid who said he got the ticket and mm-hmm. used the ticket and went through a, a hole and came back. You know, I don't want to be reincarnated. I don't. No. I, 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 I like the idea of being a guardian angel or something like that, but I don't necessarily want to be reincarnated. Well, and just, you know, for the people who... I mean, the math, it does kind of make sense that it lends to the fact that we're not all reincarnated. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you have exactly. to start, there has to be a, yep. a number one, like where did you yep. start? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you know, if you believe in Adam and Eve, there should only be two people walking this earth then. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I don't know. These stories are compelling. There's yeah. a There's a lot of stuff that is compelling it's just so odd. But it's for like such I a... can't I can't bring myself to believe in yeah. reincarnation, and I don't understand why. To me, it's more likely that these little kids are because kids it are could be like so a psychic thing. Yeah, it could be, or or because nobody's told them that ghosts aren't a thing and that spirits don't exist, yeah. they can see them and communicate with them. But like when somebody has a memory, a specific memory of being on the Titanic, that kind of points towards reincarnation. Unless it was a story that a spirit they were communicating with told them and kid, you know, misinterprets it suddenly it becomes a false memory. True. And I don't know, you know, for, for this, is, since this is the, what do you think? This is one of the times that I honestly don't know. Yeah, I honestly I don't, know. don't know if I can say I'm for it or I'm against it. It's really, really fascinating stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't know what I think. I honestly don't. I wanted to look up to see if there was a correlation between reincarnation and empaths. Hmm. You know, but I didn't have time to look that up because I thought hmm. about it yesterday. But I wanted to see if there was some kind of correlation where people who believe they are empaths might also believe they were reincarnated and that's why they have more empathic qualities. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They've seen more. They've experienced more. They've felt yeah, so more. Sorry not to give you guys a solid answer on this one, but I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know where I stand on this My issue. My response is, uh. <laughs> that's that's Krista's expert response. Uh. Someone has to be a shrugging emoji. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. exactly. I don't know. I just think the stuff is fascinating, but I it don't is. know if I think it proves to reincarnation. I don't know. I love the stories, but yeah, I don't Interesting. know. What, what do, do you guys yeah, think? What do the strangers think? But I'm going to end this with a quote that I liked from the Omni article where they interviewed uh, Ian Stevenson. Omni asks, has your work influenced your own attitudes towards life and death? And Stevenson answers, quote, I think so. I wouldn't claim to be free of the fear of death, but it is probably less in me than it is in other people. These children sometimes provide reassurances to adults. We have had two or three incidents of children going up to, let's say, a woman who has lost her husband and is inconsolable and telling her, quote, you shouldn't be crying. Death isn't the end. Look at me. I died and I'm here again. Hmm. So I think that's cute. Yeah, that is. So let us know what you guys think. Reincarnation, yay, yay or, nay. or nay? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'm just know so I'm so undecided on this. It's one of those things I have no experience with, so it's no. hard for me to speak to it. No, but. but I would, I would, I would. If I knew somebody personally that would that said these things, if my niece or nephew said these things, that would go a long It'd way be different. towards yeah. swaying me 
to believing in it. But when you have re- random Reddit stories, right, or you could have doctors, you know, like this Ian Stevenson uh, and the uh, other guy Tucker Tucker that maybe want to prove this so much that they're biased against bending you know, the data, bending the data, mm-hmm. you know, or people that want to believe it so much because they're afraid of dying. So mm-hmm. if I knew somebody who who had this these experiences and I trusted them, it would be different, but I don't. Right. You know. So let us know what you guys think. Reincarnation, yay or nay. What Do about you these? have a personal experience? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. What about these weird things that kids say? Yeah. You know, but I remember as a kid I said weird things because I was a creative kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. Let us know what you guys think. Time for a question. Yeah. Sent in by Anonymous. Would you rather be possessed for a night or harassed by an incubus slash succubus every night for a week? Well, uh, I guess the incubus. I'm going to go with the. I'm taking the incubus. You want to be possessed for a night? No. Okay. But it's either that or have sex with a demon. Are they hot? I think it, if yeah, <laughs> if they it's usually a, are. They? Yeah, yeah, but I don't I'm want it to look with, like look like a demon. I right, mean, I'm if, going if with it, choice number two. Close your eyes. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I just feel like close your eyes. That's right. Close my eyes and imagine. You know how somebody Kurt else. and I feel about possession. Yeah, I we hate possession. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to subject myself to that. You know, but I don't really know a lot about incubus or succubus. Well, I think demons. the whole like, is goal it, is to possess you, though. Through sex? Yeah, I think so. You're welcoming it in after a while. Huh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. As long as it doesn't end in possession. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going with option we number want, two. We want nothing to do with possession. Yeah, like Krista and I absolutely. that off no. the list. Give me, de- give me demon sex anytime <laughs> over possession. You know. Totally. Bonus points if it's a hot demon. Yeah. I Even mean, if it's a moderately hot demon, you know, just not like horns and fangs and or the old hag or the old hag, mm. well, who allegedly is a demon, the possibly. old milf, the old milf hag, maybe. <laughs> but that's so that's that. I'm going with number two. No possession for Krista <laughs> no and I. Possession. Demon sex all the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally going to be a T-shirt at some point. <laughs> demon sex all the way. All the way. Hmm. I think that's all we got. All right, you want to give our deets? Oh, the deets. The deets. We talk about that hotline we want people to call. We should probably give them the number. Our email address is thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session without the last S. Krista does a great job on Instagram. We are the Strange Sessions. And you can send us postcards and snail mail to the Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. 54221-0434 and you can call the strange sessions sessions <laughs> you can call the strange sessions hotline at 920-443-9602 I know and Bridget, also, Bridget said she's going to call oh sweet so we're going to start hitting people up in the next episode or for two stories. for stories or whatever you want to say and also, we're on Facebook, The Strangers. We are on Facebook. If you are not in The Strangers, you should join The Strangers. And as always, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Ratings really help. 
And I think that's all we got. I think that's it. That's all she wrote. The day is still young. It It is is only quarter to 11. 11. It went longer than I thought. Oh, we had our audio glitch. We did. It took a while. We had a glitch. So from Krista and I from the old school media studio until next time. Stay stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.